0: Sometimes the fun begins when the paved road ends. Chevy Silverado 2500 HD is made to work hard and play hard on the road or off. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details and experience life in HD. 15 million Americans use Medicaid. Many could use, lose coverage because pandemic era protections are coming to an end. Dr. Avenal Joseph is the vice president of policy for Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. So, 15 million across the nation, under 4 million in Illinois, and of those 4 million, 300,000 could fall through the cracks and lose their Medicaid benefits, Doctor?
1: That is true. What's happening is there as of April 1st, there's the end of a law that was passed by Congress called continuous coverage. It means for the past three years, people who were enrolled in Medicaid stayed enrolled in Medicaid and the states didn't go through a process of determining whether or not people were still eligible. Starting on April 1st, states are going to begin that process of redetermining whether or not people who are on their Medicaid rolls should still stay on their Medicaid rolls. And that process is going to be long and cumbersome. And during that process, it's quite possible that some people will fall through the cracks and lose insurance, even though they are still eligible for Medicaid.
0: And that's why the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation in part exists to help those people, right? Right. Yes, the
1: Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is the nation's largest uh, private philanthropy that's dedicated to health and health equity. We recognize that people cannot get health care if they don't have health care coverage. And so it's really important to us that everyone in this country has access to affordable and accessible health care insurance.
0: And in the case of Medicaid, we are talking about people who might have a disability, women who are pregnant and cannot afford insurance for their children. Who all qualifies for Medicaid?
1: Yeah, so Medicaid is the largest uh, program that covers low-income Americans. So these are typically low-income children, pregnant women, the disabled, uh, seniors. uh, Nursing homes are about 60% of nursing homes are covered by uh, Medicaid uh, coverage. Um, It is also um, working adults who typically are working for employers that don't offer employer-based health care sh- insurance. So these are typically people who are in hourly employment jobs. Um, and Medicaid eligibility is tightly uh, regulated or tightly um, connected to a person's income level. And so when a person is working an hourly job, if they were to take on a second hourly job or if they were to take on over time, sometimes it can cause a person's income for certain periods of time to fluctuate above the level of which they'd be eligible for Medicaid. And that's what uh, sort of triggers a person to be disenrolled in the Medicaid program.
0: Dr. Joseph is the Vice President of Policy at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And some of these people are going to fall through the cracks, even though they might still be eligible? Yes, that's right. Because as...
1: um, the states are going through their redetermination process, meaning they're looking at all of the millions of people who are currently in their Medicaid program, and they're going to start reaching out to all those people to make sure that their income levels are still what is necessary for them to be eligible for Medicaid. And they're going to do that by sending mail to people, by sending email to people. And for some people who might not receive those communications, or for others who receive the communications and try to respond but for some reason or another can't fill out all of the documentation or can't provide the supporting documentation that is necessary to verify their income level, the states will then um, unenroll those people in Medicaid. And so by the nature of this process, particularly as states are doing so many people at the same time, there are some people who will fall through the cracks, meaning that they are still eligible for Medicaid, but for one reason or another, just aren't able to go through the process that the state has in place to make sure that they stay on the Medicaid rolls.
0: And sometimes filling out those state forms or those, those, anything to do with the government becomes difficult for everyone. So what is your suggestion to these people who might be falling through the cracks?
1: There are usually state uh, resources that are available to help people to navigate the system, but it depends on whether or not the state is making those things available for people. Typically, even if you're no longer eligible for Medicaid because your income level is slightly above um, the threshold, meaning you make a little bit too much for you to be eligible for Medicaid, you're typically eligible for other subsidized types of insurance over the, the um, Affordable Care Act healthcare exchanges where you would get um, additional resources that will help you afford a private health insurance plan. But it, it takes knowing about those things. And I am a very sophisticated um, healthcare policy person and these forms and navigating the system is complicated for me. And so there are specialized people that are available in states to help walk people through the process and to help them understand what's available for themselves and for their families. But it really does depend on whether or not the state is making that available, and if they're putting the resources and the time behind the people who are navigating others through this process.
0: Because if we're talking about the possibility of 300,000 people in our state losing that coverage and they're looking for help, it would seem that the state would need to hire additional people to help those who are receiving Medicaid navigate that issue. Is that happening?
1: Um, I I can't speak for whether that's happening in in, in Illinois. Um, It is happening in some states. Um, In other states, it's not happening at all. Um, And it's not just a matter of hiring additional people. There are also existing systems that are in place, whether it's community health systems or hospitals, where there are people who are embedded in um, those systems already who can help with this process if it's coordinated by the state. Um, Unfortunately, some states are doing that better than others. Um, The important thing for your listeners to know is that there are typically options And there's usually a phone number for your state Medicaid program that you can call. You can also go to Medicaid.gov, which is the federal um, website that has information about state-based Medicaid programs to find out who you might be able to contact in your state.
0: And so if someone listening knows of someone who's on Medicaid, maybe it's a relative or it's a parent or it's a neighbor, it would probably be a nice thing to do to reach out inform them, and maybe help them navigate this process if they need it?
1: That would certainly be, I'm sure, a welcome thing. I think um, for many, it, um, these uh, programs can be very cumbersome, like you mentioned, to navigate. Even for those um, who are familiar with the need to do it, they might need help in um, Uh, getting on the right website or putting in the right information on a website, um, especially for those who are elderly or disabled who might just need a little bit more assistance to get what's needed in place so that they don't lose health care coverage. I just want to also just point out, like, um, it can seem very abstract to think about Medicaid, you're on it, you're not on it, but for many, Medicaid is really the only conduit for which they're getting health care at all. This is how they're getting their drugs, their needed medications. This is how they're able to see a physician for their cancer or diabetic care. And for many, the loss of Medicaid can and really and truly be the difference between life or death. And we don't want to see people in that position. We don't want to see people trying to make an appointment with their doctor or showing up at a doctor's appointment, only to find out they no longer have health care coverage.
0: And Dr. Joseph, as the Vice President of Policy at Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, how do you feel about what is being decided in Madison, in Wisconsin, about Medicaid coverage for new mothers that would extend to a year after birth if they actually resurrect this bipartisan proposal on Wednesday?
1: This is an incredibly important um, provision that many states, over 30 states at this point, have taken advantage of. This means that the federal government is giving states more money so that they can cover pregnant women up to a year postpartum. This would help reduce maternal mortality rates. It will help improve the health of newborn children and small children. It will help improve the health of mothers in the postpartum period, Um, So there's a lot of positives that would come from this, and we, we certainly hope to see that happen.
0: Well, thank you for sharing so much information. I hope that the word gets out, and we appreciate your expertise and the fact that you took time to share it with us today. Thank you for
1: having me.